such a sweet spirit in the house. Appreciate you guys leading us in worship today. It's so good to see all of you this morning here at New Life Church. I know it's a little nasty outside, but I'm thankful that you are here. And for those watching online, we welcome you this morning into our service. On this special day, Mother's Day, May the 9th, Mother's Day. How about that? And uh, to kind of segue into the celebration of our mothers uh, and the ladies in our life, uh, we have a little special tribute video we want to show you. Moms of children who are still at home or all grown up. Moms who've outlived a son or daughter or moms of babies they never got to hold. Moms who've raised kids all on their own or became a mom to someone who needed one. Moms of children who have wandered from God or the longing to be moms who are still waiting. God perfectly arranged each of you into the role you have today. His word recognizes you as capable, strong, and praiseworthy. Everything you do makes our lives more beautiful. Happy Mother's Day. Amen. Let's give it up for all of our mothers and ladies in our life. Good morning. It is a sweet, sweet spirit in this place today. And on that note, I would like to honor our family family worship center, our new life church mother of the year, (laughs) our new life church mother of the year. We get to do this every year and it's really hard to choose because we have some amazing mothers in this church. But um, this one in particular, I felt very perfect to honor her today. Um, Miss Angelique Thompson, we are honoring you today as our Mother of the Year. I'm going to say a few things. Her precious, beautiful, smart daughter graduated from high school on Friday night, and I wish we could play what she said because she honored you well. But um, I don't know what it's like to be a single mom, but I there is definitely a superhero cape that's hidden behind that shirt you have on because you did such an amazing job raising, raising that young lady. And, um, and she knows that. And she's beautiful because of all the beauty that you put into her. Um, and I don't know if you know, she's, uh, Victoria, one of the bravest kids I know, is going to New York to culinary school in the fall. And so y'all be praying for Angelique for sure then. But this says, New Life Church Mother of Year presented to Angelique Thompson. This award is presented in recognition of all the beautiful things that make her so very special. Her warmth and understanding, her generous and sincere caring, and her heart to see those around her know and experience the love of Christ. We love you so much, and we're so thankful for your life. And. Yeah, we got a gift certificate for you and a beautiful creation from our own Fern and Ivy to give to you. Jeremy can carry that for you. It's heavy. Everybody give her one more big hand. Okay, moms.
take this time, if you haven't already, or if you go for seconds, I'm not going to judge, but ladies, all the ladies in the house, help yourself to a Danish or something on the back table and a Frappuccino and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Yeah, for real. Go get that while I'm preaching. It'll probably be better than what I'm saying, so (laughs) hopefully not. I hope I can compete with a Frappuccino, right? Well, again, happy Mother's Day. So, so thankful for all of you. Uh, So very blessed uh, for our church and uh, all the different uh, wonderful ladies who are a part of this house and uh, the way you give, the way you sacrifice uh, does not go unnoticed. We are so thankful for each and every one of you. Well, listen, I want to um, uh, take a few minutes and bring you the message today. I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4, the gospel of Matthew chapter 4. We have been in a theme uh, since before Easter called Renewal, and the Lord is just not releasing us from that theme just yet. So we're carrying on with that theme. We've talked about renewal in uh, our relationships. We've talked about seeking the Lord in renewal through discipleship. Today we're going to look at having and experiencing renewal in our minds. And um, we're going we're to look at this text here in just a moment in Matthew 4. Before I get to that, I just want set, to set it up today. Um, with, um, with a few words from the Apostle Paul uh, found in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Here's what he was, he was writing to his younger spiritual son, Timothy. <clears throat> he said, Timothy, as I think of your strong faith that was passed down through your family line. It began with your grandmother Lois, who has now passed it on to your dear mother Eunice. And it's clear that you, too, are following in the footsteps of their godly example. So, but I'm writing to you today, Timothy, to encourage you to fan into flame and to rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift that God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. Thank God for praying grandmas and moms in our life. Uh, we were praying before service, and one of the prayers was, uh, was expressing the thankfulness to all the ladies in our life over the years who have been praying for us. You know, I certainly wouldn't be here, no doubt, uh, before you if I didn't have a praying mom and a praying grandmother uh, praying all those years. I remember one of the first experiences as a young man, or excuse me, a young boy, we went to church, and in the, on the car ride home, my mom turned around in the back seat and, and said, are you going to go to church when you get older? And I shook my head, yes, but inside I was saying, no way. You crazy? <laughs> but I'm thankful that prayers didn't listen to what my heart was saying. Prayers were being heard by what was being prayed. And I'm thankful. We all should be thankful, and I'm sure we are thankful for the praying grandmothers and the, and the moms and others who have been praying for us. And, and, and I just want to encourage you in that for a moment, that if you're on the giving side of those prayers, uh, don't stop. Uh, don't stop. It, you, you may not see the fruition of it all right now, but I want to encourage you and admonish you, don't stop praying because it will pay off. The prayers of a of a righteous one will, will, will avail. The fervent prayers, the Bible says in James, that those prayers will avail much. They will accomplish much. They will do what is intended and 
Just keep praying. Keep beseeching the Lord. Keep going to the Lord. Keep putting your loved ones up before the throne room of God because that's not in vain. Those prayers will be answered. And if you're on the receiving end of those prayers, just be grateful. Be grateful because little do we know, we wouldn't know where we would be if somebody else wasn't praying for us. If somebody else wasn't sacrificing some time, shedding some tears, waking up in the middle of the night, getting up early in the morning, during the day, thinking about you and lifting you and calling your name out, let's be grateful and thankful for all the different ones who pray for us. And today I also pray grace and comfort upon those whose grandmoms and moms who have passed on and are no longer here or maybe no longer in your life right now. We, we pray for you. We pray grace. We pray comfort. We pray strength. We pray that you will know God loves you. God sees you. And like the song we sang in worship to, He knows your name. He sees you. He knows you. He knows your name. And Paul writes this, Directly to Timothy, but in our day and time, it's applicable to our life today. And he was writing to us and saying, Hey, everyone, may you rekindle the fire of God in your life. May you do what you've got to do to renew the fire of God's calling and God's gift in you to serve the Lord, to love the Lord, to be well-pleasing to the Lord, to continue to do what the Lord has called you to do. Because sometimes, as Megan was praying earlier, the assignment is tough sometimes. We want God to use us in the assignment that he gives us. We get excited about, but at the same time, that, it's, that assignment in the roles that we play can be difficult, can be challenging. doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. It means that we are all the more needy of the grace of God in our life. And he's like, he, Paul's like, Timothy, that strong faith that was in your grandmother and, and also in your mother, it's also in you too, but I'm going to remind you today to stir it up. Fan it into flame, rekindle it, renew that fire, and don't let it go out. Keep it burning, because here's the deal. We all have a life to live. We have a purpose to fulfill, and we have people to whom we need to pass on this flame of faith into their life. We have a responsibility. We have a duty. We have a calling. We have an assignment to keep the flame of faith lit so that we can be passed on to the next ones coming up behind us. Amen. Can the church say amen? I never say, can the church say amen? So if I say it, you know it's got to be legit, right? (laughs) And Paul's like, hey, just pick up where I left off, Timothy. My day is coming. I'm, I'm about to pass. I'm about to go. But faith says to faith, fight the good fight. Faith says to faith, keep the faith. Faith says to faith, finish your race in this life. Look at my life, Paul says, I did it. I am finishing it, and I'm passing it on to you, and you need to be ready to pass it on to somebody else. You need to be able to continue to stand your ground, fight the good fight, keep the faith, and by all means, finish the race that God started in your life because he is faithful and just to complete what he started. What God begins, God will finish. We have a responsibility in that as well. Let's keep the faith. Because this world that we live in is likened to a wilderness. It's likened to a wilderness. And as you know, after the wilderness comes, 
the promised land. The promised land. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, way back in the Old Testament, but where Moses was in charge, given the assignment to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, and then through the wilderness, and then into the promised land. God was speaking to them, and Moses was talking to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 8, and how God uses the wilderness of life to humble us. God uses the wilderness of life to test and prove our character. God uses the wilderness of this life to find out if we will obey His Word. God uses the wilderness of this life to see if we will be dependent on Him. That would we, will we rely on His voice in our life? You know, sometimes God's voice sounds a lot like a praying grandma and a mom. Child, I'm going to tell you something. When you get older, you need to remember this. Anybody ever had that happen? (laughs) Maybe even in your adult life, that grandmother or that great-grandmother sets you aside and says, Come here, I want you to listen to something. God uses the wilderness of life to see will we rely on His voice. But to rely on His voice and to hear His voice and to know His voice, we have to be willing to let God renew our mind. It's what Paul tells us in Romans 12. He says, hey, you can be transformed in your life by having your mind renewed by the Word of God. Your mind can be renewed when you, as you allow God to transform you. But then the transformation of your life leads to the renewing of the mind, and the renewing of the mind leads to us knowing we actually have the mind of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 2, Paul writes, you have the mind of Christ, which tells us that we can know and have an inside view of God's thoughts towards us and God's thoughts about our life, the mind of Christ in us. As we go through life, as we go through situations, and as we go through uh, different seasons and the, the peaks and the valleys of life, the mind of Christ stays steady. A renewed mind has the mind of Christ working in itself, and it can stay steady and stay strong and Then Paul reminds us to the Philippians in Philippians 4. He says, hey, but you've got to be intentional to keep fixing your thoughts on the higher things of God and not on the lower things of this world. To have a renewed mind leads to having the mind of Christ, which leads to us being intentional about making sure our thoughts are fixed not on the things of the world, but keeping our minds fixed on the things of God. It's something you and I have to make ourselves do. Because the wilderness of this life, God uses. And the wilderness of this life is not always easy. It's not always easy. And in this wilderness of life, there are three, really three voices that are in direct opposition of the voice of God. And that's what I want to leave you with today with the title of the message I've called, Change My Mind. Change My Mind. Three voices that are in direct opposition of God's voice to us. We're going to look at it here in Matthew 4. Jesus is 
he got water baptized and the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness where he spent some time fasting and praying. And in that wilderness, we see what went on. In verse 3, Matthew 4, it says, During that time the devil came and said unto Jesus, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. The first voice I want to talk to you about is the voice of the devil that creates a deceptive and doubtful mindset. The voice of the enemy makes us, it brings forth deception and it tries to create a deceptive and a, and a, and a doubtful mindset. The devil came to Jesus and said, hey, if you are the son of God, this, take those stones and turn them into bread. In other words, hey, take, take God out of the equation. You can do this. You can make life happen on your own. You can, you can make it Make it, you can do whatever you want to do here. It tries to, the voice of the devil tries to make us deceived and, 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 and doubtful and gets us to try to discount and discredit God's commands and God's care in our life. It started all the way back in Genesis chapter 2. God created man and woman and he told them, hey, you, don't, don't, you can eat anything you want out here, but just don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat it, you will die. Well, and the devil in the form of a serpent came and showed up and spoke to Eve and the story and deceived her, caused her to doubt. Deceived her and to cause her to doubt, to think that, you know what? Did God really say, don't eat this? Did he really say, don't eat this? God just doesn't want you to be like him. In other words, Eve, hey, God really doesn't care about you. He's really not looking out for you because he wants you to not be like him. And the devil came and he brought deception and he brought doubt into the situation. And it caused them to doubt God and it caused them to discredit God's commands and and God's care about their life. And in this story, the devil coming to Jesus saying, if you are the son of God, take these stones, turn them into bread. You don't need God. You can make life happen on your own. God doesn't care about you. He doesn't want you to have anything. He doesn't want you to eat. He doesn't want you to be filled. He doesn't want you to be satisfied. You make yourself that way. And Jesus, with a renewed mind, then in verse 4 said, Hey, the Scriptures say, People do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So Jesus is showing us the renewed mind, has the ability to use the Word of God in a proper way. And so the renewed mind of a believer, when tempted to be deceived and to doubt and to wonder, does God really care His commands in my life? He's telling me, He's given me these boundaries to walk in, to live in. He's given me these boundaries to function in. Is he really wanting, is he just trying to keep me from knowing something? Is he trying to keep me from experiencing something that I really would enjoy, that I really would like? Because I don't know, if he really cared about me, he would, he would really do this for me. If God really, really cared about me, he would make this happen for me. And a renewed mind comes up and says, hey, you know what? I trust God. A renewed mind says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. A renewed mind says, you know what, I feel this way, but God will never leave me. God will never forsake me. God will never abandon me. 
I feel this way right now, and, and I, I, I'm feeling torn, and, but a renewed mind comes back and says, you know what, the Bible says I can cast all my cares on Christ because he cares for me. A renewed mind. Church disciples, followers of Christ, we have a responsibility that if we're going to fulfill our assignments in our roles, we have to live with a renewed mind. We have, to, we have to seek the Lord and let the, let the Word of God get into us and let it become operative in our life so that when we're in situations like this, when we get deceived and when we feel doubtful and we're wondering, trying to, is, is God really looking out for me? Is He really caring for me? Is He really, truly, does He really know what He has planned for my life? We come back with, I will trust the Lord because He will not leave me. I will trust the Lord because he first loved me. I love him. I will trust the Lord and cast all these cares on him because, yeah, he really does care for me. A renewed mind is dependent on what God says over all. I know the rain is tempting to make us go to sleep, and I may not be that exciting today. Let's get into this next part. The second voice, verse 5. It says, then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, hey, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you and they will uphold you with their hands and so that you, will, you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. This voice can sound like the voice of our flesh, which produces a self-serving mindset. Now, I know nobody ever deals with selfishness in here. Nobody, everybody here is, is, is humble, and uh, we don't deal with that. But anybody else, we can just use this for somebody else, okay? A self-serving mindset, because let, let's get honest with it here for a second. The flesh wants what the flesh wants. The carnal side of us wants what the carnal side wants. doesn't mean it's always going to get its way, but it does mean it really does exist. There really is that side of us. And like the enemy here, the enemy, look at it, he used Scripture. Used Scripture. Our flesh can use Scripture to fit a narrative that we want it to fit if we don't guard it. You can find out of the 31,000 verses, you can find a verse that's going to fit your contentment to be able to get your way to do something. There's something in there that you're like, you know what, there it is. There's some, doesn't quite dress, address it the way somebody else might say it, but there it is. And we have to be careful about that as followers of Christ, as ones who are on assignment to fulfill our role in the Lord, that we not use Scripture to fit a narrative. The devil said, hey, jump off. The, the Scriptures say God will give his angels charge concerning you. You'll be fine. You'll be good. Just do what you want to do. Our carnal voice can be convincing sometimes to use out of context scripture to be able to get our way or to make ourselves appear more righteous or more prominent or whatever it is in any situation. And it, the self-serving mindset is just that. It says, "Hey, do what you want to do. Whatever makes you happy." Whatever your heart tells you, just do it. Whatever that is. And here's the thing, a self-serving mindset does not consider others. 
doesn't consider, well, if I make this decision or if I make this choice or if I go through with this, doesn't consider how it will have an impact or an effect on anybody else. And it's certainly not the attitude of Christ whom we're called to be like. Self-serving mindset certainly doesn't think what, about what God would think about it. You ever been in a conversation with somebody and they say, I'm going to be doing this, going to do that, and you ask them, did you pray about it? And they might say, yeah, they prayed about it. But how long have you really prayed about it? I mean, if it's a life-altering, life-impacting major decision, how long have you spent really truly praying about it? Doesn't mean you've got to pray for years on years and upon years. Just means you should be more than God. Here's the deal. I want to do this. All right, that's cool. You stop me and I won't do it. There's a good chance he's not going to stop you. Because he gives us the ability of free choice and free will. He doesn't make us do anything. But he is sovereign and good and kind and merciful. And he has all these attributes applied to who he is on how he does work to try to get our attention to not do something that he doesn't want us to do. But the self-serving mindset doesn't consider that all the way. And here's what Jesus said. The renewed mind comes back in verse 7. Jesus responded, that's true. Scripture does say it. Got a good point. But let me give you the better point. You must not test the Lord your God. Say, what you say is accurate. It's true in the sense that it's the Scripture. But the greater emphasis on on this is this. The Scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. God. And so when we are in a position of life where we, where we, our flesh is pulling us here or tempting us here, our carnal side is trying to go this route or do this thing or think this way, doesn't even have to necessarily be an action, just a thought. A renewed mind comes back with something like Galatians 5, 19. It says, Paul writes, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature... The results are very clear, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Dang, Paul, what are you saying? He goes, hey, but look on down, but the Holy Spirit... A renewed mind catches on. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He said, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to his cross, crucified them there, and since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. See, the renewed mind comes back with, though myself wants this, though my carnal side is drawn to this, though my mind right now is thinking this, the renewed mind comes back and says, but the Holy Spirit produces this in me. And if I will just acknowledge it and give God room to work in this part of my life right here, He's going to produce whatever it not, might need to be. Patience, maybe. Maybe we have a hard time waiting. Sometimes that's, a lot of times that's me, waiting. Maybe it's self-control. Maybe it's just, you know, I'm just going to be gentle. 
My flesh right now, my, my carnal side right now wants to be rude, wants to give them a piece of my mind, wants to say whatever. But I'm going to let the Holy Spirit work and make me gentle right now. In the last voice, verse 8. You guys with me? Anybody not want to be with me? You're like, I wish I'd have just stayed home. These are the things that praying moms and praying grandmas and ladies in our life who seek the Lord, these are the things they try to get into us. Thank God. Verse 8. It says, then the devil took him to the peak of the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. Here's what's crazy about this part. He said, I will give it all to you. Like he owns anything. He said, but if you will kneel down and worship me, you can have it all. This last voice, I liken it to the voice of the world which creates an idolatrous mindset. The devil said, hey, you can have it all, as if he owned anything. He doesn't own anything. But that's how the world works. Makes us think they own it all. The world system owns it all. And we got to, you know, kneel down and yield ourselves, our values, our ideals, our morals, whatever it is, our convictions to the world. And that's what the enemy's saying that's what the way the world works. So you can have it all. You can, if you'll just revolve your life around me, my mentalities, my systems, my processes, my ways, my ebbs, my flows, my ideals, my approaches. You can have anything you want, but you got to make yourself revolve around it. And you can have anything you want in return. If you'll just give up this, give up that, and Kneel here and bow there and give yourself here and give yourself there. You can chase here and you'll get it here. Why do you, that, that's the thing about it. If we give ourselves over to this idolatrous mindset of the world, here's what it is. The more we obtain, the less we have. The more we obtain, the less we're actually able to retain. Because there's always going to be something else. There's always going to be that next accolade. There's always going to be that next applause. There's always going to be that next level of promotion we seek after. There's always going to be that other thing. And again, hear, the th- hear me out. In the simple aspect of that, nothing is wrong with it. But if we make it our God, then it's wrong. If we make it the goal of our life, the aim of our heart to have everything, but yet our soul remain empty, that's what he's getting at. Nothing wrong to possess and have. Nothing wrong for people to applaud. Nothing wrong for recognition. Nothing is wrong in and of any of those things. It's the heart of the matter and who is filling our heart. Jesus comes back with a renewed mind in verse 10. He says, you know, I'm really sick of this. He said, get out of here, Satan. So I'm really tired of you messing with me. I'm really tired of of this, so here's the deal. It's over. The scriptures say this. You must worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. You must worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. Yeah, I want this. Yes, I would love for this to happen for me. Yes, I would love to possess that. Absolutely, I would like to have a million dollars in the bank. Who wouldn't? 
like million these days is really low. It's no longer a million dollars. <laughs> but I'll take a million, right? Yeah, I would love to have this or that or be this or be that. No problem. Absolutely, I would love that. But are you willing to give up your true moral convictions based in the Bible, based on the kingdom of God in order to have? And Jesus is like, you know, no. And so a renewed mind comes back with something like this, 1 John 2, verse 15. He writes, don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of the world. For the love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. For all that the world can offer us, the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, and the obsession with status and importance, none of these things come from the Father but from the world. The world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God live forever. You want to live forever? In a good spot, in a good place, in a healthy place? It's about learning and loving to do the will of God. Of God. That's what a renewed mind says. Hey, I know I could do this, I could do that, I could have this, I could be there, I could be that, whatever it is, you name it, you name it. Keep up with the, these people, keep up with those people, give on the, put on the facade of pretending like you got it all, but really inside you don't, but yet you're going to give the impression that you do. Whatever it is, you name it. Jesus is saying there's a better way to living than trying to live that way. And when we live his way, it does not necessarily mean we will do without. But there are certain things that just because someone else has them does not mean we are entitled to also have them. Just because someone else can doesn't mean we should. I know I'm not preaching to the right people today. But that's what a renewed mind looks at, because I guarantee you the praying moms, praying grandmothers, praying great-grandmothers, and all the others who have been set before us and gone ahead of us, as the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 12, we have a great cloud of witnesses in the air cheering us on. They are there, and they're like, you know what, sweetie, honey, whatever they called you, whatever they likened unto you, they're going to say and tell you it's not worth chasing after that because if you chase that, you will miss this. Whatever it is. And here's how this part ends, verse 11. It says, the devil went away, and in Luke's gospel, it said the devil left until another opportunity. And the angels came and took care of Jesus. The voices and the mindsets the voice of, of the enemy, the voice of our flesh, the voice of this world, those voices aren't going to stop. Those voices are going to keep knocking on our door. Those voices are going to look for a way in. They're not going to shut themselves up. And so we have to do what we have to do to keep the fire of God burning fresh in our life. 
Paul said, hey, pick up where I left off. Keep the fire of God, Timothy. I know the assignment you're on, the assignment you're on is challenging. The assignment you're on right now, it, 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 it's debilitating. It's taking its toll. It is, I know, I get it, it's hard for you. Uh, you've had good moments and good seasons, and you've wondered and doubted often as well, but the assignment you're in, the assignment God has for you, keep the fire of God burning. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. Continue to let the Word, let the Spirit And let God's church be big and be bright inside of you and to you. Practical steps at the end. Read the Word of God. Let the Word of God read you. Be filled fresh with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. Just ask the Lord... Every morning before I leave, I say, Holy Spirit, fill me fresh and anew today. I may not feel anything, but just the thought of me offering up the prayer puts my day in God's hands. And I got to tell you, the more I prayed that, the more my carnal side wants to win. The more the allure of the world pops up in front of my face the more the doubt tries to come into my life. But also, the Lord has never let me down. The the Lord has never forsaken me. He's always come through. He will fill us fresh every day. Stay connected to, supply to, and receive from the ordained people God has put in your life, primarily the church. Give yourself to her. Yield yourself to the relationships God has put in your life. It's amazing. Just a short, simple something from someone that they could say to you. How it has such an impact on your life in the positive way. You may have not even thought that that person was even thinking about you or praying for you. But they tell you or they get word to you or send you a text or whatever. I was thinking about you and praying for you today. Man, what a life-changing moment that is. Because little did they know what you were dealing with at the time. Keep yourself connected to. Supply into and receive from the body of Christ. Be water baptized. Continue to look at that. Be water baptized. If you've never been water baptized... You or your family or anyone in your family, I encourage you, go public. Go public with your faith. Go public. Make a a public statement that I'm going to follow Jesus, that I'm not going to follow the ways of the world. I'm not going to give in to the ways of my flesh. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to live deceived and doubtful from the enemy. Because the enemy loves to do that. He loves to sow seeds of doubt and deceit in your life to tell you you suck. You're not good enough. You don't have it all together. You have no business doing what you're doing. Why in the world are you even going to go to church today? Because look at how you lived last week. Consider your faults. Consider your mistakes. Consider all your shortcomings. Why in the world would you want to go there? The enemy would love nothing more to do than to get you pulled away, isolated and separated from the flock of God and tell you, hey... You can't make it. You will not succeed. 
you will not be productive in your assignment. Be water baptized. Take that public step of faith. Make it known. Here's the deal, because we have a life to live. Every single one of us, we have a life to live. We have a purpose to fulfill. And we have people, known and unknown, that God has called us to, to pass on the flame of faith into their life. There's somebody waiting on you and waiting on me to keep the fire of God lit and burning fresh in our life because we'll cross paths with them. A lot of them, they're in our own homes. A lot of them, they're right here in our church. But there are other people in this world that our path is carved from God for us to meet somebody, connect paths with, and for the flame of faith to be passed on to. I don't even, I couldn't tell you his name. I, I don't even know uh, where he was from. But all I could tell you is that the message he preached, I don't even know what all he said, but when he said, hey, come to the altar and give your life to Jesus. Nearly 30 years ago, I'm thankful that whoever that person was, had the flame of faith burning in his life to stand up before a little 15-year-old boy sitting all the way as far back as he could get in the pew of a Nazarene church. Couldn't wait for the service to end so he could go party and play and do whatever he wanted to do. But that night, God had a different plan. That day, God was going to use a somebody that I didn't even know to be a somebody in my life to pass on the flame of faith to me. You just never know who needs what you have. You just never know who needs what you have. And I, moms and families, I know it's tough. It's challenging. It's been a year. And, and some of our stories don't even compare to some of your stories. But do what you got to do to keep the, 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 the flame burning because our flesh is going to say, just roll over and hit snooze. Don't show up today. Phone it in. You have something somebody else needs. Can I pray with you today to end? Invite you to stand if you're able. bow our heads. Lord, I thank you so much for these people. Thank you so much for this church. I thank you so much for these families and households represented in in New Life Church. Lord, we, we, we have voices that come at us every day. Sometimes I know, Lord, we yield to them. Sometimes I know we we don't stand up to the voices. We yield to them, our flesh, whatever it is. But I pray today, O Lord, that your voice would be greater in us than it ever has before. In a day and time where life is so 
disheartening and disappointing and discouraging and dark in this life. Today, shine a fresh light in us. Shine a fresh light in us by your spirit and your word and by the encouragement of the saints in our life. We yield to you today, Holy Spirit, and ask you to renew our mind. Renew the fire of God in us. Make it so fresh again that the voice we hear is the voice of the Lord that sounds so crisp, though it be a gentle whisper, that still, small voice. We won't deny it, but we welcome your voice into us. Sometimes it's going to sound like a mom, a dad, a, a grandparent, a friend, a pastor, a leader. We welcome your voice. Change our mind. Keep our mind renewed. Keep our spirits and our souls charged with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. We honor you and we thank you now. Help us fulfill our purpose and keep the flame of faith lit to pass on to others. In Jesus' name, amen.